You guys can't see my hair right now, but it's looking pretty fluffy. Pretty fluffy? It is. <laughs> Dude, it looks super fluffy. What the? You got what shocked by electricity. Are you using gel? No, this is just natural. Ladies love it. They run their fingers through it like it's butter. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which ladies are running through butter with their fingers? Man, I talk That's about it a little bit, but uh, you know, I know that we're on, on the air right now. Yeah. <laughs> or I'd get off off the cuff a little bit. You don't want to give names. You don't want to give names. Uh, no. I respect I've that. Not been too active lately, but uh, you know. It's welcome week. You got a fresh shave and a fresh haircut. What do you mean? Has it been too active? Are you humble? Okay, I've been active. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Donic Turcotte is in the waiting room. Hey, four seconds. Four, three, two, one. Admit. What up, Turk? Let me put a shirt on. Hey. How you doing? What's up, brother? Yo, I'm this is great. Timmy up doing? here. Timmy? Hey, what's up, yeah. Timmy? Yeah, what's up, bro? How we doing? Yo, I'm doing great. How you doing? And then nice to meet my boy, my boy Zach Solo, who I'm here with. I'm in Milwaukee right now, training with him. He's right here. Hey, so Zach and Timmy. Yeah, Turks. Timmy. Zach, what's up, buddy? Uh, Turks, man. Uh, we've been we've been watching some fight videos lately. Yeah, we've been previewing fight videos here. We we just I'm excited getting fired up for this epi. So. I'm just going to, like, read a quick intro and get going right away because I want to get it all. All right, let's go. Ah. I'm fired up. Thanks for having me on the pod, bro. All right, here we go. For sure. Welcome back to the Buzz Pod. This is episode 85. I'm Nico Blashman alongside Zach Solo and Timmy Kent. Joining us today out of St. Brigitte de Laval, Quebec, (laughs) with one of the toughest heavyweights in pro hockey, in 127 ECHL games, he has amassed 24 points and 536 PIMS. Keep the change. He's a QMJHL Golden Gloves Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Getting ready to gear up for his sixth pro season. Thank you so much for joining us. Yannick Turcotte, what up? Yo, thanks for having me on the pod. I appreciate it. That's, that's a nice intro. That's, a, that's the best intro I've ever heard. Fucking right. That's exactly uh, that's what I'm going cool. for every time I make one of those. <laughs> going for a I love it. Like it took I love it. Yeah, I'm starting off it. hot, baby. Starting no, off hot. I'm fired up. You get me fired up right now. I mean, dude, Turk, we can stay on the fire up. I mean, 
I know you. We have a little history together. Uh, yeah. We're going to go back to the beginning. I want to know how it all got started. But let's start this pot off with a little spice. I'd love to know about that iconic fight against Mason Gray. Toe-to-toe. Looked like it was like a 3-2-1. I mean, were you guys boys? Talk us through that. It was. Um, man, honestly, this whole thing started in preseason. My first camp uh, with the Quebec Ramparts. I was 17-year-old. First preseason game. That was my second fight. Um, I had one great fight in training camp. And it went really well. So they brought me on the road in Chewing again. And I think he heard, because in training camp, I took on a 20-year-old. I was only 17-year-old, first camp, trying to make, you know how it is. Yeah. Took on a 20-year-old, gave him a beating. And the coach was like, all right, I'm going to bring you, I'm bringing you to Shawin again. And dude, I don't know if you know, but like that year was, it was packed. Like we had, we were a team that was going for the, for the men cut the following year. And like, nobody knew about me. I was like, man, there's, there's no chance for me to make this team unless I try to be different and, you know, do my thing. So I took a 20-year-old first day of camp, give him a beating. Everyone's like, holy, who is this guy? <laughs> Next day, they bring me to Shawinigan, and I face Mason Gray first period, and he's like, who the hell are you, blah, blah. Let's get in the fight, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, let's go. They didn't know who he was, and we got we got in a fight in the first period, and, man, he gave me he gave me a good beating. Like it was, it was bad in Shawinigan. It, it, it was pretty bad, but like I said, still, like I stay on my feet and like I, I fought back, but still, it was a beating. Like I remember seeing my dad in the parking lot after, and he's like, "Buddy, like you don't have to do this for me, you know? Like I know this is oh, hard, blah blah." No. I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, Dad, stop! Like don't make this harder for me, you know? Like, stop being a pussy, you know? I'm gonna do this for the next ten years, you know? Don't make it so hard on me. And uh, anyway, so I knew I knew how Mason Gray was fighting. Like that fight was toe to toe. So um, I like the next day I was confirmed on the team. Like literally, like 15 stitches on my face, and the coach was like, "Yo, like I love your heart. You showed like you want to be here, blah blah. You're on a team." So uh, wow. in November, yeah, dude, crazy story. In November, uh, we played Shawin again in Quebec, and I was scratched the last like two or three games. And, like, that was, like, my first game back in the lineup. So, um, we're, we, I make a couple laps and warm up. And then I see, I see Mace and Gray. We're both on the red line. And we're, like, I'm, like, okay, buddy, like, give me one tonight. Like, we're, I want to go. Like, let's get a good fight. And then he starts being, like, yeah, man, like, let's let's get a good fight. Like, let's go toe-toe. I'm, like, dude, like, let's get a fight that, like, is actually going to be on ESPN, you know? Like, put on a show. There's, dude, there's, like, like – 10, 12,000 people that night at the college. Like, I'm young. I'm trying to, like, make a name of myself in this league, you know, 17-year-old. And he's like, okay, perfect. Let's go. So we're just like, okay, like, let, let's grab each other, count to three. And then at three, let's just, like, fire it up. Like, let's just start firing punches until, like, one of us stop, you know. And that's, that's pretty much how it went. And... Dude, I oh my god, I had my face was like all purple after the fight, <laughs> nosebleed, everything. And I remember being in the locker room, uh, that same like the following period, and like all the guys, all the boys were like fired, super fired up. And Philip Boucher, our coach at the time, he's like, Turks, go in my locker room. So I'm like, 
like what's going on. He's probably going to be like, hey, good job, you know? So I get I get in his office after the first period, and he's like, what the hell are you doing? Like, this isn't like the LNAH, you know? You can't just, like, grab guys like that at the college, say, count to three and start firing, you know? Like, this is not, like, you know, like, and, and he's right in one sense where, like, Guys don't do that in pro hockey. Guys don't do that in junior, you know? Like, a fight is supposed to happen, like, in the heat of the action, you know? You can't just, like, grab someone, like, the old days and, like, count to three and, like, start firing, you know? But, like, at the end of the day, like, we we talked about it a couple years later. It was actually a good thing for me because that's how I started making a name of myself as a guy that, like, is not afraid to, like, take punches and, you know, fighting back and all that. But that was just a funny story that – he said that after. And, like, actually, that fight went everywhere after, you know? Like, oh, it's just, iconic. Yeah. It's like, yes. I haven't seen the fight. Yeah, it went everywhere. So, like, I don't I, I don't regret doing a fight. It was a good tell. Yeah, that Zach just said something, like. If you haven't seen the fight, for everyone listening, you have to see it. Like, when Black showed it to me in the morning, I was jacked up. Like, needed to go to the gym and start lifting weights. I was so <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's all about lifting weights. You know, funny story is when I played junior A in Campbellton, um, one night I ran into this guy. He's like, Oh, you play for the Tigers? I'm like, Yeah. He's like, Oh, my name's Mason Gray. I used to play no way. NHL. Yeah, he's from Campbellton. Yeah, I, I, I knew that before, but I didn't know you actually played against them. No, I never played, played with him. Or- I never played play with him. I ran into him like at night one night. I just ran into this guy. Like our whole team was there, and so he knew that I was on the team. So he asked me, "You're on the team?" Oh, my name is Mason Gray. And then later on, I realized that that's the guy from the tilt. Like he was nails. Dude, he's he's tough. He's just like I feel like he's just natural. You know, I feel like all the native people. You know, they're just like so tough. You know, and like yeah. they they can eat punches, and like he's just he's also like so super fast with his hand like he hits really hard and it's funny because like that fight we're talking about the punch that hurt me the most was actually the first one i don't know why but like as soon as he landed the first one have you ever experienced like you know what i'm talking about like the feeling of a flash grenade at call of duty you know it's just when it it goes like and then like you don't see anything and like it just hurts your ears like you don't hear anything you don't see anything it's just all white everywhere that was like that for the entire fight just because of that first punch, you know? That first punch really hit me like that. So, like, I don't know. It's it's kind of funny. I've never been hit so hard, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, dude. Actually, like, yeah. probably the hardest punches I've taken are from you and from a native guy, Chase. Really? Chase Stewart, dude. I mean, you know who that is. He actually just signed a Yeah, show. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. But he's, he's a big boy, too. He's yeah. just like... He hits heavy too, you know. I feel like my punches are more like kind of like quick and like short punches, but like that goes quick, you know. Like his style of punching is like super heavy, just a heavy puncher. Yeah, Turk. Me and Turk actually did some boxing together. I was actually trying to teach Timmy a little <laughs> bit, and I, and me and Zach have been doing a little bit of boxing together. But you are the original guy that I first did boxing with ever. It was fun. I loved uh, <clears> the. <throat> It's funny because, like, we never talked before we got into boxing together. Like, I don't know if you remember, we got in that fight, you know, obviously, like, we had a little something together. But, like, the next time we talked after that was 
before getting in the ring together. You I know? asked and you like, if I can come train. Just, yeah, but that was just like great vibes in general. You're just like, hey, what's up, buddy? Love, uh, like I'm happy to get in the ring with you. And like, I don't know. It was just, it was fun. But like, you could tell that like both of us wanted to like get the edge. Just yeah. because like we're competitors, you know, we're fighters. So like obviously like I'm not gonna let you win. You're not gonna let me win, you know. That's yeah. just that's just how it is. But sure, there was a couple was hard blows in there. Oh, the oh yeah, oh yeah. In the light 100%. couple hard <laughs> shots in the light sparring for sure. Well no, we yeah, can both take it though. We can I both take it. I literally messaged you like uh literally messaged you like, yo, you dummied me, like you pumped me. I'm sure you train and I don't. So can you like can I train with you? <laughs> <laughs> that was fun that was, that was definitely a fun time but yeah dude um you got something right now because i just want to talk about how you were a 2013 ninth round pick into the queue uh to the quebec ramparts like yeah zach and tk don't really know much about quebec city montreal in general or even major junior but if you grow up in quebec city or montreal like the qmjhl is the NHL basically of your town, literally. It is. You know, like Quebec City, they pack the house at like 15 <coughs> fans. Like it's every night. And for you, that's probably the closest Q team that you had to where you grew up. So can you talk about I, living your so, coming in? Man, it's it's actually crazy how things happen for me where like I I didn't play midget triple A. Okay. So I had to go to this league called Juvenile. Triple A, which was a league, a new league, a not star for, league. Not for people in jail, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, not, no. It's funny because, like, that league was a new league in Quebec. It was, like, a, similar as, like, midget double A, but, like, more, like, um, supervised, if you can say it that way, where, like, the school was, like, taking care of the league, you know? Okay. okay. It was just, like, another option for players to go there. And, like, there's never been a player from that league drafted into the queue because scouts weren't looking into that league because it was just, like, so fresh. And, like, it wasn't really good because the players weren't really believing in that league. But I still decided to go there because uh, the team I went to allowed me to play football at the same time I was playing hockey. So I was I was 16-year-old at the time. And for me, I kind of, like... I stopped believing I was going to play in major junior because I didn't make major triple A as a 16 year old. So I just went, so I was just like, all right, then I'm just going to play hockey for fun, but I'm also going to play football at the same time. And I went on, had a great football season. And every time I had a, a hockey game at the same time as a football game, I would cancel my hockey game to go play football because that was a priority at the time. Dude, that's crazy. And I, I played my football season. I signed a commitment with uh, one of CJEP in Quebec after the season that I played in football. So I was already going there, you know. And in midget AAA, uh, the team in Quebec, Simna Saint-Francois, had a lot of injuries with their team. And they asked my coach if I could come as a, like just to replace a player for the playoffs and like I didn't play a single game in your AAA that year. So I was like, all right, fine, I'll just go. And then they brought me there and 
buddy. Like I just started like hammering people, like hitting people, getting people through the glass, like bullying people on the ice. And people were just like, who the hell is this guy, this new guy playing for Simna St. Francois? And as soon as we got eliminated, dude, I'm not even kidding. That Monday, I had like seven Q teams calling me. That Tuesday, I had like five other QNJHL team calling me. Like every team called me after I played playoffs with the Simna St. Francois. So I told my parents, you know what, like I think – Maybe if I get a camp invite, that'd be nice. But I knew that, like, there was interest for me after I played those playoffs. So I showed up. I showed up to the draft. For your belief grew, for sure. I was believing. I was believing. I was believing I was going to get drafted. But, like, I was thinking more like the 12th round or, like, the 10th round because, like, people only saw me playing, like, four or five games with some national class. They didn't follow me during the entire year. But I went on the draft. And Quebec picked me in the ninth round. Like, I remember, like, my parents went on to grab food during the ninth round because I didn't think I was going to get picked there. But I got I got drafted. And I remember I was like, oh, my, like, I need I need to make that team, you know. For me, like, from that point, like, football was out of the equation, you know. My only focus was making the team in Quebec and being Quebec Rampart. And that team was getting ready, like I said, to host the Mem Cup the following year. You know, so we had that same year, we had Grigorenko, Duclair, Ernie. We were a top team, you know. So for me, the chances of making that team were almost none. Like, no one knew who I was. And I went to training camp in August. And first day of training camp, uh, Phil Bushi said, uh, you know, we're allowing fights, but like, uh, make sure like it's only if like something happened but I get that like some of you like want to make a name for yourself blah 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 I was like okay I'm I'm gonna get a fight for sure like I, <laughs> I knew it that's what I wanted to do but anyways first day of training camp starts we get a scrimmage I hit this 20 year old like he was a veteran like five years in this league I hit him pretty hard behind the net and he starts pushing me he's like dude you do that one more time I'm gonna fuck you up blah 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 and, you know, like, I barely speak in English. Like, I don't I don't answer anything. I'm just, like, dialed in in my game, you know. Like, I'm not answering. The next shift, dude, I'm not even kidding. I literally went from the parking lot to hit this guy again. Super <laughs> hard. Yeah, just run him over. And he gets out, starts, like, we start dropping the mix. And I literally feed him, like, really bad. Like, a beating. A bad beating. Like, he left the ice. And it was quiet in the arena. Like, no one would, like, say anything. But I knew that, like. I did something good because the next day, every guys, like everyone on the team were eating together. I was literally the only one by myself. I was literally the only guy. <laughs> I was the only guy eating his meal by myself because like everyone like kind of like hating me because of what I did, you know, like going to pick a 20 year old. So the next day, uh, Dylan Donnelly, which was the tough guy, of the team went after me. And like, I, I answered again, you know, and it's funny because we had three games three scrimmage before going on the road and they decided not to dress me for the third scrimmage because they were afraid that like something was going to happen again. And the coach Bruce was just like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to dress you on the road instead. You're going to go play on the road in Shawin again. That's when I, I fought Mason Gray for the first time. And I, uh, you had probably yeah, like, I got, you had probably I, tilts that week. I had, I had two tilts first two day of camp. I had two tilts and like, 
let's not forget, like, those are my first two tilts ever, you know. I never got in a fight before. Never got into a street fight. I never got into a boxing fight. Like, that's just, like, my first experience of me getting into a fist fight, you know, me getting punched in the face for the first time, you know. So, like, <clears throat> definitely, like, not the same experience as what I have right now, you know. Like, I don't – I didn't handle fights the same way that I'm handling with fights now, you know. It's just different. And, like, you're young, man. Like, you're 17-year-old. Like, finding guys that are, like, 20-year-old just to, like, make the team. Like, people don't get it, but, like, it's – it's not, it's not like, it's not like scoring goals. Like, you know what I'm talking about, you know, like, you're, you fight, you're getting, I feel like at that age, you fight with excitement, but also more desperation. Like, you're I'll, desperate, do, I'll do anything to be, yes, team. you're desperate, you're desperate, you're desperate. It's really just to make the team. That's it, you know? <laughs> and I got into showing again, fought missing rain. And like, that's when I actually saw my dad in the parking lot after a game. And like, he was like, almost crying to like see me like that like you know like he felt bad like like I feel like it's not easy it's also not easy for him seeing his son all beat up his 17 year old son all like face all beat up just because like he wants to make the team you know he's like man Yannick like you don't you don't have to do this for me you know like I know like it's hard blah 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 but like you don't have to do this I'm like dad like I'm actually so close to make the team you know like you can't be like saying that and it's funny because the next day uh, we had a morning skate and Philip Boucher came up to me and he's like, Hey, just want to let you know, uh, if, uh, this guy is not playing tonight, you're going to be in. So I'm like, okay, fine. Like I'll get ready. He's like, Oh, by the way, you're on the team. I was like, Oh, what are you getting me? Sir? And then I started, started like taking him in my arms and like hugging him in front of everybody. And I was, <laughs> I was actually, I was actually the first rookie confirmed on the team that year. Before like the first round pick, the second round pick, everyone, and uh, yeah, wow. that was that was a great story. And that's well yeah, heard. So Turks, what position yeah. were you playing in football? Uh, I was a defensive end. So I was gonna first say. year, yeah. Well, it's it's actually funny. So first two years of high school, I was a uh, running back. I was playing both running back and fullback, and I stopped. Uh, third year and fourth year of high school, I stopped, and then I came back my fifth year. And then he switched me to the defensive end, but I was still playing fullback on certain plays. I was playing like most most special teams too. Yeah. Is that is that yeah. how you got it like into the gym? Because I have this written down somewhere. I don't even remember where, but I had it written down. I wanted to know when you got into the gym. Cause okay. when I look well, at you, when I yeah. look at you, I assume you were born a 50-pound baby with giant biceps and giant quads. No, no, I'll tell you what happened. So my first, my first year, my first junior year, I was 17 year old. I was weighing up probably a buck 85, not more than that. And I, yeah. That's great. And yeah, a buck 85, maybe a buck 90. I know you're a buck 85, right? No, I'm a buck 92 right now, baby. Oh, big boy. Anyways, so I was, I was waiting at maybe like a buck 85, a buck 90 and I got, I played half of the year, but then I tore my ACL. I, I tried to hit a guy behind the net. I tore my ACL, my MCL, my meniscus all at once. All at once. Jesus, that's brutal. Yeah, dude, big, big injury. And uh, so that year, um, I decided to, uh, the only thing I could, I could do was lift weights, you know, like do bench press, pull-ups, all that, because I was injured. And like ACL, MCL, meniscus, it's probably like a 10-month rehab. So, 
I was waiting, like I said, maybe a buck ninety, and I came back my eighteen year old year waiting at two fifteen. Wow, just massive. Like I was, I was bench pressing three thirty five. Like I was just a big boy, and I feel like that gave me a lot of confidence to moving forward into my fights because I knew that I was, I was stronger than everybody for an eighteen year old kid. You know, okay. you don't see a lot of eighteen year old kid in junior bench pressing three plates like it's nothing you know like you just don't you just don't see it and i feel like that that gave me a lot of confidence, confidence and that's, I feel like that's mm-hmm. yeah that, that gave me confidence and that's that's also why i fought i fought so many times that year in junior you know i was also like the i was the only tough guy on the team and we i fought like if, if you count playoffs in mem cup i fought a total of 28 times you know, so that yeah, twenty eight times. So that's like a fight. That's a fight every week. You know, when you think about it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What What are you eating to put on twenty five pounds in a summer? I I oh my god, I worked out. I just worked out a lot, and it's it. What's nice too with Quebec is that they hired a guy that would like follow me twice a day to like get me into the gym and like do my stuff. So I had a guy with me twice a day. I would, he would come to the rink in the morning. I would work out with him and I would come see him at his gym in the afternoon. And he would give me another workout session during the entire season, plus in the summer. And wow. what's cool too is that with my injury, my ACL injury, um, I would still be able to lift with my legs, but just I wouldn't do like anything sideways. So like, I would like squat, do leg press and all that. I would have like massive legs without like hurting my ACL or my MCL. So I was pretty much like able to do everything except like skating. Working smart. Yeah, yeah. I have two of those ACLs too. So I know how tough oh, they are. They're, they're bad. But uh, dude, I was wondering, cause I know how Blatch goes about his business getting fights and you know, like ruthlessly chirping throughout the game, scanning the red line. I wanted to ask you like, are you one of those guys that's like, kind of like, hey, you want one? like? Or are you, like, nasty too, like, chirping, or does it just depend on kind of, like, the feel of the game? I feel like I, I don't I don't have it like Blatch does it. Like, I, like Blatch is really good with that, you know, like, chirping people, getting under, under their skin. But I feel like, for my part, I'm, I'm not really good with that. I don't know if it's because I'm French and, like, it's kind of, like, it's a little bit harder for me to chirp in English because I always got to, like, think twice about what I'm going to say because – it's not natural. My first language is French, you know? Like, obviously, it's it's easier for me to do it in French, but, like, if I'm going to chirp a guy in English, I got to think in French what I'm going to say before, like, letting it go, you know? And I feel like – I just feel like I'm not a good chirper, too, you know? I feel like most guys that I chirp are better chirper than me, you know? So, like, I, I'm i more like, hey, you want one? Let's get it. And, like, if you're not going to give it to me, then, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna hurt your best players and, like – you're going to have it on your mind because, you know, like, if you gave me a fight, like, I'm not going to do that. But if you don't give it to me, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after your best player, you know? Like, that's that's the way I do it. That's the way, like, I try to, like, scare people with, like, saying less but, like, showing them that, like, if they don't give me what I want, then it's, it's going to be bad. Turk is also uh, – <laughs> he's more of the quiet, scary guy, do you know? Yes, yes. I don't talk Where, much. Like, like, in junior, I remember – like chirping or saying something to Turk and just him just staring at me 
And it's even scarier. <laughs> it's even scarier. Like this guy just staring at you, mean mug, no reaction. It's way yes. scarier than if you just said something stupid back in his French accent. You know what I mean? Hundred percent, hundred percent, man. Like I feel like I, I've had, I've had guys saying like being like this with me before, like not saying anything back. I do think it's a little scarier than guys that like talk a lot, but I feel like when guys know how to chirp and like they're like really confident with what they're saying, it can be scary too, you know, because like I I don't do that. So like the if they're doing it to me, I know how hard it is for me to do it to them. Like being able to like talk and like let it go and like chirp and blah blah blah. And like I know how hard it is for me to do it. So like if they do it to me, then it kind of plays in my head too, where I'm like, holy yeah. shit, like He's confident, you know, like this guy really thinks he can beat me. That's the whole point. That, That's the that whole can, point. That, that is scary. That's the whole point. That's why I do it. It's more like, for yeah. me, it's more when I'm chirping guys, telling them like, I'm going to beat, I'm going to beat them. Like, oh, you think you're, you think you should go me? Oh my God. That's the worst idea you've ever had. You know, like all these things. And I'm putting it in my head too. Like I'm believing my chirps. So as soon as I drop the gloves, like the thought in my head, I've convinced myself that this guy is so stupid for going me and I'm going to just dummy him. I know you're just, you're, man, you're also just a different breed, man. Like the way you're like, <laughs> dude, no, it's true though. Like I've, I've always admired so much how like you're so you're, you're fearless, you know, when like you're, you're talking about like you, it seems like you don't like sometimes you don't think about the risk and the consequences that could result from like going someone but like you just go and like you feel less and like you want it and like you want that fire versus me i'm it's it's crazy how like i'm i'm actually so afraid before a fight i'm afraid of the other guy i'm afraid i'm gonna get embarrassed i'm afraid i'm gonna get humiliated i'm afraid that i'm gonna get beat up bad like sometimes man like moments before a fight like i actually see the guy knocking me out and it never happened before but like i just see it and i'm like what if like i make so much i have so much anxiety before fights but like the moment that i drop my gloves like all that goes away i'm like okay i'm gonna beat you up like this is my time right now but like the moments before the fight i'm so scared it's all the anxiety i have i see the guy beating me up like i said it's like it's really bad but like i said when i drop the gloves i just become a different animal versus you needs you're like okay, I'm going to fuck you up before the fight. You're like, I'm going to beat you up. And then you start tripping and all that. And I feel like that's also why I'm so quiet before a fight. It's because I'm I'm thinking about all this. And like, I just, I can't chirp if I'm scared, you know? And like, I'm not afraid to say it. I'm scared. I'm scared before a fight. Because I'm not afraid to say it because I know that I win the majority of my fights. Because when I drop the gloves, all that goes away. You know? You're also not afraid to say it because, dude, everyone feels the same thing. That's what I always say, dude. That's exactly. You don't think you don't think I'm I I have fear, some sort of fear. fear of for for me, for me, it's I I manipulate myself, my brain, to interpret that fear as excitement. So then I get it in my head and convince myself it's excitement. But to be honest with you, I visualize myself getting knocked out all the time. And that's why in the beginning of this year, my first pro fight versus Chris Ordebody, I did kind of go lights out for like one second. And then lights came on. Oh, yeah, I saw that fire. And then lights came on and I got right back up because in my head it was like, get up, get up, get up. Because when I visualize myself like 
in that situation before, like losing a fight or getting a hard punch that like makes me lights out. I'm always like when I'm visualizing, always like finding ways to get up, you know? So I've trained my mind. Like if anything ever happens, like my immediate reaction is get back up, get back up. So that's like, I go through scenarios like that, but I try to go through all of them the night before the game or the morning of the game or pregame nap or whatever, you know, and I'm watching the guys on the other team's fights and stuff. And just oh my God, yes. Every scenario. And then, and then even during, even when I walk in with my suit, you know how I do it. I like to put on my shades. Me and Zach were talking about this the other day. It's a little bit of an ego thing, but it also just like gives me that I'm the, I'm the man, you know, <laughs> oh my God. I walk into the rink with my shades and already when I walk into the rink with my shades on and my suit, you know, especially when I wear the all black, um, I'm just like, dude, no, one's, no one's on my level. Like when it comes to this stuff, like I'm a dog, no one's on my level. And then I just start giving it to them in the warm up, and I just get more confidence. I build off it, but there's definitely fear in everyone. But you need, you need that confidence too. Like, like you're talking about, you need that confidence, like man, to be able to like be a fighter and like go against the toughest player, you need to like believe you're going to beat them. But like, it's funny you're talking about like scouting, like other fighters, see their tendencies and like the way they do it. All that for 10 seconds, you know? I feel like we worry so much about how the other guy fights and like how he does it and like all his tendencies. Is he going to come in as a righty or lefty? Like, does he like to throw the first punch? Does he like to like weigh a little more? Does he switch? Blah, blah, blah. Man, I can go on and up. Dude, I can watch a guy's fights from seven years ago and make a game plan according to that, you know? Like, I'll go through all his fights and try to see, like, tendencies. for. And at the end of the day, that, like, what you see on video, like, you're not even going to think about it during the fight. You know, you may you may think about it a little bit before, but, like, when the fight happens, all that goes away. And, like, I feel like every time I end a fight, I'm in the penalty box, I'm, like, I wasted couple hours yesterday and the night before and the night even before all that for that all that for only like 10 to 15 seconds where i didn't like think about anything of what the guy was gonna do he didn't even do it you know yeah. i just and you know what the next fight i'm gonna do the same thing again i'm gonna feel stupid again in the penalty box thinking about like what why did i do that you know why did i why did I put so much energy into this prior to fight when I didn't even like, I didn't even like see anything of that. I didn't like see any of that. It's any of his tendencies. So like, I didn't you even like know why you want to know why you want to know why you do it. Why? Because failure to prepare is preparing to fail. That is true. Listen, listen, at the end but of the do day, we need, do we need to prepare that much for a 15 second fight? Yeah, I mean, dude, think about it's it. It's a dog. Like, hockey's a dog fight. You know, yeah, it's just like the, the, the last one's going to stand out. It's not like a boxing fight, you know? I agree. I agree. But think about it this way, right? So it's a 15-second fight. And guys like me and you, I mean, those are kind of the clips that scouts are watching because guys like me and you, like, that's a big part of our job. So yeah. if you're going to if you're gonna pride yourself in your fighting and say, like, look, I'm a, I'm a fighter. Like, I fucking protect my team. I get shit done. You know, I'm a dog. Like, you don't want those videos to be to look bad on you. You know what I'm saying? So oh, we take a lot of pride in that. And like, oh, it's yeah. Important oh, too. yeah. Like, like you don't want to be like a bad fight. Watching that video is disgusting. You're disgusted, bro. You're like, oh, <laughs> that's 
Oh my God, that's me. I'm such a bitch. Oh, dude, it's disgusting. <laughs> oh my God, I feel you, dude. Oh, that's why, dude. I that's wish, I wish you were on YouTube or anything. My God, that's funny, man. Dude, but this... that is that is so true. So, Turks, like to your point, like now when you're fighting with you know a lot of like fights under your belt, are you more focused on? Like what you're bringing to the table versus like watching other guys you're about to play. Are you more just like I'm gonna go out there and like do my thing, like how I do it, instead of focusing on someone else's tendencies? Honestly, no. Like I haven't, I haven't changed. Like I'm so, <laughs> I'm so. No, it's true though. Like I'm, I'm so the same. Like every time I see a guy on the other team that I know he fights, I'm gonna. I it's man, it's harder. It's harder than me. I have to do it. I have yeah. to go out there. I have to watch his fight. I have to make a game plan according to that. If I if I get to fight him. Dude, as to. much fear as you feel, you probably would feel way more fear if you didn't do that. If you had no 100%. idea. If you had I do, no idea what was coming. I do it. I do it because that gives me confidence. Yeah. That I feel like, okay, like I know the guy. I know what he's going to do, you know. Yeah. Just gives yeah. me an edge. You know what's the worst feeling? Dude, that happened to me a couple of times. And like, actually, the fight went really well when someone that you don't know asked you for a fight and, like, you weren't prepared for it. Like, let's that say, like, you get it, you get in the lineup, the like, the, the game starts. You didn't see anyone on their roster, but he's just, like, a called up with, like, zero GP, zero goals, zero assists, zero penalty minutes. So, like, you didn't look him up. And then you come during the game and, like, this guy asked you for a fight. And that's when I like I get like really nervous. I'm like, oh boy, I didn't scout him. I didn't do anything, and then I I end up winning the fight. You know, that's why I'm like, oh, like I didn't I didn't prepare for this fight, but like I was still like ready for this. But like that's when I'm like, why why do I like watch videos all the time? You know, when like at the end of the day, what matters is me, what I do during the fight. Yeah. Real quick, last thing I want to touch on about like the whole fear thing. The main reason that I like to chirp and get after guys, and I'm going to give you a tip. I'm going to give you a simple chirp that you can start saying to guys before you fight. I know you're scared. Okay. You know why you say that? Because everyone's feeling the same thing. If you're feeling something, he's feeling something. You guys are about to go into war. So what I like to do is take what I'm feeling, uh, convince myself and tell myself that they're feeling the same thing. And then attack them the way I wouldn't want to be attacked. You know? I know you're fucking scared. You don't know what's coming from me. You have no idea how crazy I am. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. You know? But I'm actually maybe thinking, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. <laughs> I don't know. How, you know what I mean? So it's just like you attack That's, them. You, you use it like it's psychology. You got to be a genius a little bit. That is really good. But man, <laughs> like I feel... I don't know, like, from knowing you before, like, when I didn't know you, I felt like that was, you were, like, kind of creating another person when you were doing this on the ice. I felt, I thought, I thought you were just like me, you know, like, just a little, like, scared kid that, like, trying to, like, play a game. But, like, from knowing you this year, you're, like, Neeks, you're actually fearless, though. Like, more than me, you know? Like, you're, you're not afraid of confrontations, you know? I'm afraid of confrontations, you know, like if someone is chirping you, like, let's say off the ice, you know, like, I know what I'm talking about. If someone like, yeah, I know you, exactly like, what you're talking about. No, but like, you're not afraid of confrontations, you know, yeah. and I feel like that's, 
dude, don't take it wrong, but like, I don't take it bad. But like, I feel like me being a little Canadian kid from Quebec, I feel like I wasn't raised the same way as a guy that's from Miami. You know, I feel like people from Miami are crazy. You know, I feel like <laughs> everyone. In, no, dude, I'm. I feel like people in Miami. You know, they're like it's the lifestyle. You know, like everyone's like wealthy and they're going hard with everything. They just think about you know, getting money and working and, you know, it's a lifestyle, like clubs close at 10 a.m., you know, and they're, like, not afraid of confrontations. People drive crazy, you know. I feel like Miami's like that. And I feel like... You I nailed feel like it. That's nailed re- it. No, it's true, though. I feel like that's part of the reason why your mentality is more like that, you know. Like, I feel like people in Miami don't think about consequences, you know. They just go. They just do it, you know, because, like, the city's crazy, you know, like there's always something to do every night. And like, yeah. I feel like that's different from me being born and raised in Quebec, like not much yeah. going on, like I more afraid of like confrontations and all that, you know, yeah. but from seeing you, like, even like when I first met you, I was like, okay, like, he's just like trying to like play a game to like impress me. But dude, after like seven months being with you, I know you're not playing a game anymore. You know? <laughs> it's just like that. It's just you, you know? And I've always tried to, like, be like that, you know? Like, fuck it. I'm just going, you know? I'm going to yeah. beat this guy up, you know? I'm the man. I'm the king. I'm the toughest guy in the league, you know? You would that's always the, say that. You would always you say that, I always said that to him this year. Yeah, you always say, I'm the toughest guy in the league, you know? I'm going to beat him up, you know? Like, <laughs> I love that mentality, you know? Like I remember when I was going to go to Travis Howe. Yeah. I was going to go to Travis Howe. Church, like... <laughs> Oh, you know, like I could see. Oh it. yeah, I was like, I was like, bro, like you know, like I don't know if you should do this. I look at in the eye. I'm like, I'm gonna beat the shit out of this guy. Yeah, no, but like, you know what I mean, though, with like the the thing I was explaining, like people yeah. from Miami, like versus like For me sure. from Quebec. What I feel, I feel like that play. I feel like I feel like that plays a role a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. And I wish, and like I, when I look at you, the way you and those things, and the way you and those fights. I wish I had a little more of that in me, you know. Yeah. Like I, I take I take example in you the way you see it and the way you do it, and I try to put it with me because I feel like that would that would help me a lot if I had a little bit of this in me. I'll give you my mindset. You give me your hands. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Turks, I was gonna ask you what your first impression of Blatch was. Oh man. <laughs> When you first, when you first actually met him, not not when you guys fought, but like your first impression after, like when you met him, when he when he asked you to train, were you like, "What's this kid doing?" Like, uh, no, I I had a, I had a really good impression because you were actually really nice to me when we first trained. You know, it was just like good vibes. He didn't try to like show off or like impress me. You know, it was wow. like super nice. Just like, hey man, like I'm so happy I trained with you. Like, let's get after it. And like, we're just like pushing each other you know yeah. that was great and then but like i didn't get to know you in the ring like i got to know you like in the everyday life mm-hmm. in charleston you know yeah yeah and that's when like i first met you in everyday life in charleston i was like oh boy okay he's 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 a different breed man like i've never seen this before like he's it's crazy. this guy's crazy you know but i, I thought you were just like being like that to like kind of impress me you know that's yeah. what I thought at first, but like after like seven, eight months, like I knew you were just 
you were just like that, you know? No, dude, You're just this, like guy, that. this guy is certified crazy. That's, dude, I was that's what I'm saying. You, like, my, my next question was, like, what were you thinking when you're in the stands watching this guy chase around other guys on the ice? Like you can, I'm sure you can hear him yelling from the stands. Oh, Turks would only play – Turks would only come watch the games when I was in the lineup. 100%, man. Like, And, like, I would – I would get you fired up. I would send you clips of like other players, like, "Hey, you should do this," and like, that was that was so much fun. Kurtz, what were you I, thinking when he's on the ice, just going crazy, snapping? I'm 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 up. I'm up, I'm up on my seat cheering for him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. I'm up on my seat cheering for him, and like I would always come to you and like come down to the locker room as soon as the fight's give over. You a, every yeah, time. give you a tap on the back because I know I know what it is. I know how hard it is, and like I admire that courage that you have and what you do because I know it takes a lot of heart to do it and like you do it. Wow. Yeah. I, I appreciate the tire pump. Holy fuck. 100% bro. Yeah. Let's get into uh, your pro career, bro, because, you know, I find you're a guy that many people didn't expect you to um, have the success that you've had and, and they definitely don't expect you to have the success that you're going to have. But can you talk a little bit about just your mindset? I mean, I wasn't able to play as a 20-year-old in the queue. For those who don't know, when you're in major junior, there's only three 20-year-olds uh, on each team. So you have to be an elite player or a legit leader. Uh, Turk, you wore, you wore a A, your 19- and 20-year-old year. Um, signed with Bridgeport in the American Hockey League. Um, can you give us just your thoughts on that, what, what you expected for yourself and how it ended up? like how your first first contract ended up being and then also um your experience at your first NHL camp man it's the story with that is so i ended up my 20 year old year and i was going to go play CIS at the university of 12 years and i was going to study in kinesiology at university, you know, because I, I love working out. So That's I was a like, big hey, word, Kirk. Yeah, I'm shy. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, okay, I'm going to go play to get my degree and like everything's going to be good. And a month, literally a month before training camp, uh, I got a call from uh, Iron Scout saying like, hey, we got a spot left for you at training camp. Do you want to come? And I was like, oh my God, sure, I want to come. And it's funny because on the phone, he was like, are you in good shape? Like, are you going to be ready for this? I was like, are you kidding me? I'm going to be the guy you can that's going to be in the best shape. Give me this invite. <laughs> and uh, that's, how, that's how I got the invite at the Islanders camp. And I got to camp. I played a rookie game. I literally tried to fight everybody, obviously. And <laughs> there, there was no takers. And uh, so I got past the rookie camp. They gave me an invite to the main camp. And at the main camp, we played a preseason game against the Flyers at the Barclays Center. So that's my first preseason game ever. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. I played the best year. Uh, I played the best hockey game that I've ever played. I don't know why. I feel like you stepped God up. I felt, I, dude. I honestly feel like thinking about it. I feel like God wanted me to like play good, for, play the best hockey of my life for that one game because He knew that like. If I played great that night, I was going to get a contract after, and that would, like, start my hockey game. Because I never – I was never able after that game to play another game like that. I don't know what happened. It's like, you know, when you get into a game and, like, everything rolls for you, you know, everything works. I had 
uh, I had eight eight hits that night, and I feel like uh, not I feel, but the entire Flyers team at sixteen, which is a lot of hits. I had three shots on net, and I had an assist on the uh, uh, the winning goal. Johnny yeah. Borchuk gave him give him a backhand pass, put him in the backhand of that, win the game. You know, so like that was. That was just something like so crazy to me, you know. For like that's literally the best game, the best game in my entire life. They didn't score a goal, but they God, play, uh, they play, they play really good. So um, they sent me to Bridgeport, and uh, uh, I got into a preseason game. We play uh, Hartford, uh, a game that's close to the fans, so it's only only the players and the coaches. And I got into a fight with Jack Nevins. A really good tilt. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, the following day, they dressed me up again against Hartford. And now it's, uh, do you know who's uh, Eric Selleck? No. Tough guy. Another tough guy. Again, I get into a fight with him and uh, do good again. So after that, they uh, decided to give me a contract, a uh, two-year contract. And uh, that's how that's how everything started with the, with the Islanders and Bridgeport. Wow, the game! Another, another, another great story. Yeah. Another great story. Yeah, that that is a great story. Um, so can we get into like that first pro season? I I know you played five games up in Bridgeport and then went to Worcester. Uh, couple pims. I'm assuming couple fights. Can you? I wanted to ask you because I didn't find it to be too different, but I want to know your thoughts. What was the step up from major junior to pro? in terms of play, and then in terms of fighting? 188 pims. 188 pims. Um, I didn't – you know what? I, I don't know if it's, like, because of the division I was playing in. I feel like the North Division in the East Coast is more focused on skills and speed rather than, like, the fights like it is in the yeah. South and in yeah. the division, like, in the mountains, like Kansas City, Rapid City and all that. But after, like, four or five fights, people were already, like, super afraid of me. Like, people were afraid of me in junior, which is crazy to me. Because I thought, I thought coming into the pros, I thought, like, I would have to, like, make a name for myself again. Like, I thought, that like, every, like, big monsters in the league would, like, come on after me. But then I realized that people were actually afraid of me just because I didn't lose any time when I first started my pro career to make a name for myself, you know, I think I had seven fights in the first 10 games. I was like <laughs> leading, I was leading the league in pims already. And I feel like that scared people already, but in terms of play, it's definitely, I mean, obviously it's definitely better, but I don't know. I just feel like it's, it's different, but um, guys are definitely more skilled, but it, it 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 changed something that like we can only play we can only dress ten forward you know yeah. I feel like the intensity is not the same you know as if you would have four lines because if you put the ECHL with ten uh, with four lines four full lines it definitely be different I feel like it would be closer would to be the American League it would be way up you know you dress ten forwards. And like, let's be honest. That ten four usually doesn't play much. So you're playing, you're playing with three lines. So obviously, like that's gonna have, that's gonna affect the level of play of the league. But uh, 
fighting wise though, I didn't feel like it was that much of a different with what I experienced in junior, just because people were already like afraid of me after like a couple fights. Same. You know? dude. I find the same thing. I find it was yes. not not that much of a step up from from fighting in major junior to fighting in pro, which is not that much. Which is crazy to think about because of the whole age thing. But at the end of the day, if you're willing, you're willing. So if you're willing in the queue, you're going to be willing in pro. And then you kind of figure it out. At the same time, I find it's the same as you. Like I only had like now it's different now because of the whole limit thing. But I led the league with 11 in the regular season, which is like nothing in the whole season. But I find even towards the second half of the year already, people knew who I was. Like they approached me differently. And like the best example I have is when I played in Norfolk in the beginning of the year, when I had like one tilt under my belt or even no tilts, guys were really chirping me at the red line because I was chirping at the red line. Guys were really giving it back. Even some guys were like throwing punches or whatever. And then when I played Norfolk at the second half of the year, it was pretty quiet over there. And oh, they know. They know. Yeah. And it was like, wow, but that was like way quicker than I thought that you'd be able. You, do you know what I'm saying? It was it was just so 100%. Cool. like you you have five fights and then people already know you as that. Yeah. Guy. It's like, wow, that's not even a lot. But you know what? Another thing why I think it wasn't much of a difference compared to junior moving up with the pros, like fighting wise. I feel like the ECHL is a league that has a lot of guy coming out of college, you know, and like they don't they don't want no business with fighting. You know, these guys are just like trying to move up and they're playing they're playing the game, you know, they don't fight. They don't fight in college. And I feel like the ECHL has a lot of college guys, you know, guys are coming out of college and I feel like that plays a role versus the American League. It's more a league of grown men, you know. You got guys that are a lot older and like you have a lot of play, a lot more players. So fighting for harder in the American League, you'd say? A lot harder. I feel like guys, I feel like players are a lot tougher in the American League than they are in the ECHL. Yeah, I that's my. I feel like they're more like college. I feel like ECHL is more league of college players guys that uh came out of college versus the american league is more is more league of grown men you know guys that like been around for a while a lot stronger definitely a lot, a lot tougher stronger. a lot a lot older too because they're 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 making money in the american league they're making more money so like they're staying in the league longer than guys that are in the ECHL but yeah i did i did find the guys in the american league tougher than Guys in the ECHL. Yeah, Turks, I was going to say, I saw fights in both leagues last season. And I guess now that I'm thinking about it, the one difference that really stood out to me is when fights in the fights in the American League were going on, both guys were super strong on their feet. And so very strong. rarely, very rarely did they ever fall. Unless it was so the strong. end of the fight. Whereas like in... In the ECHL, I, I noticed, like, guys are, like, both off balance at the beginning, kind of. You know, maybe, like, someone falls to a knee, has to get back up. Whereas, like, in the American League, it's, like, they don't move very much, but they, they, they're they tight, and, like, everything's, like, more – has more intent. 100%. You just – you have a lot more experienced fighters in – the American League that you have in the ECHL. That you get you look at the guys that like have a lot of scraps in the ECHL. There's not there's not a lot of guys, you know. There's there's not a lot of uh, players that like 
still have that role in the ECHL versus you look at the American League, everyone has like one or two. Mm-hmm. You know, there yeah. you look at the guys in the American League. I feel like that the need of having a tough guy came back in the American League, and like everything is like going down now, mm-hmm. but. It's coming back. It's coming back. You know. I like, couldn't look, agree more. Look, it's coming back. You look. You look. You look at the AHL rosters now. Every team has one or two, and they're all like guys that are like 27, 28 year old with like a hundred fights under their belt, and like they've been they've been around for a while. You know. But like the need of a tough guy is coming back, and it came back last year, and there's still a need for it. You know. Mm-hmm. And it's still gonna be there. You know. They tried. They try to take fighting away, and it didn't work. And now, if one team has one, everybody needs one after that. Yeah. That's how it works, you know. Not gonna bully team, you. <laughs> it's true though. If one team, if one team has one, everybody needs one. And it's it's crazy to me that people think hockey at the highest level can still be played without fights. Mm-hmm. That's like you got um, ten. You got ten grown men. Skating fast, hitting each other, holding a weapon in their hand, trying to win, trying to win, and people still think fights are not going to happen. It's like that sounds it's it's it it makes no sense. It's literally the only sport in the world where like you got guys skating fast, faster than what men can run, with gear full of gear from head to toe, hitting each other. Grown men full of testosterone holding a stick in their hand. Obviously, fights are going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the reason why it's always been part of hockey. It's always been part of the culture of hockey. And especially, I don't think... Especially if they're going to keep letting guys like me and you play. Well, they will. <laughs> they will. They, they will because there's... Like I said, if there's one team that has one, then everybody needs one after that, you know? For sure. It's like so a- that's why... Hockey's coming back. Hockey's coming back, and I feel like uh, not hockey, but like fights are coming back. The need of a tough guy is coming back, and I feel like it's gonna stay for a while. You know, it's definitely a dying breed. Like, don't get me wrong, it's definitely a dying breed. But I feel like from the last year and the year before, since COVID hit, I feel like it's, I feel like it's back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more. Turks, I got a question. <laughs> yeah, can you tell when the the guy you're fighting doesn't know what he's doing. Like, is there a way you can tell that the guy you're going up against doesn't know what he's doing? And then you can kind of like pick him apart. Um, You kind of get what I'm asking. Like if you're fighting a guy that you've never fought before and then you kind of see like, Oh, he's just grabbing and throwing or like, I'll know. I usually know before the fight what to expect, but like rarely I fight a guy that doesn't know what he's doing just because like, I feel like everyone, that is going against me knows knows a little bit how to do yeah, it. No, definitely, so, yeah, definitely. I did. I did fight some guy in like during in the middle of the action in a, in a moment where like I knew that like they 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 didn't want that fight, but like they had to go, and like you can tell when like they're not they're just not fighting by it, you know. Mm-hmm. They're not fighting bad because they didn't want to fight in the first place. They just have to because I I ran someone over and they happened to be there. And now they have to go and, like, they're just, like, holding on for their life, you know? But, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I feel like that's the one time where, like, I know, I know, like, the guy obviously, like, doesn't know what he's doing. Like, he doesn't want, he doesn't want any part of this. Right. Yo, Turk, I just remembered something. I got to bring it up. 
Go ahead. Do you remember leading up to our fight that we had we were tweeting at each other like Twitter beef? I remember, yeah. And it was getting a ton of likes from guys around the league. Oh, it, was it was getting crazy. out of control. Oh, it was getting out it was of like, control. It was like a, a fight that was set up. I kid you not. I had guys from around the league. I had friends in St. John, like Vocal, uh, all the guys tuning in to this game because there was so much hype on this fight. Everyone knew this was going to happen. Sheriff against the King of Jungle. So, yeah, that's what it was. So, <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot who started it. I think it might have been me. I'm trying to get the I'm trying to get the King I, of Jungle. I, I feel like you put that you put something on Twitter and I don't oh, know yeah. why. I feel like oh, that yeah. was that's I, I feel like that was directed to me uh, for some reason. I feel like I put up a picture of a cop car and I said like my new whip, like hashtag sheriff or something like along the I was like, who the fuck is this Blashman guy? <laughs> I'm the I'm the sheriff in this league. You can't just come out, you can't just like come in here and like call yourself the sheriff <laughs> when you just got here, you know, and like you're you're what like 17 year old? I was like 20. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was like, who the hell is that? You can't just like come here in this league and like call yourself the sheriff. I am the sheriff. I don't know why. It, I, and it, I just I got traded to his division. Way. I just got traded to Rumuski. From St. John, from St. John to Rumuski. Wait, boys, I got to hear this like build up story. So like, can you walk through the, the tweets and then like the on the ice? I'm sure. Yeah, he, he tweeted at me. He said, sheriff question mark. Oh, oh, yeah, that's what happened. Something <laughs> like that. And then I clicked on his Twitter profile. And then you said, you said, easy care to jungle. Yeah, because I like, we got to fight. We got to fight. Your background picture was like a lion and yeah. king of the jungle. So I said, I responded like, like easy king of the jungle. Just like you said, easy something like that, jungle. right? And dude, our okay. tweet had like 40 likes each. Oh, I fired up. Guys, yeah. guys around the league getting fired up for this. Yeah. Deal. And, and all of our teammates were like supporting us, you know, like liking our stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then my team was liking my tweet. Your team was liking your tweet. Yeah. <laughs> boys, then, like my post, like my post. I then, just sent it. And then, dude, so the boys in the locker room knew. The coaches knew. Like, I don't know if your coaches knew, but my coach. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Saw all the Twitter stuff. Everybody knew what was going down. This was my first home game too in Ramuski because I got traded after the deadline. So I could only play a couple games before the, the Christmas, whatever. This was my first home game. So getting a fight with Turk. I remember the first time I asked Turk to go, he's like, you sure? Something like that. And then I uh, sure you want this. And then, yeah. And then that instilled a little fear for sure. And I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, you, you know what though? I, on the way to Ramuski, the only thing I was focusing about was, Look at your fights and your tendency. I was like, okay, this Splashman kid loves to go, loves to start the fight as a righty and then switch mid-fight, and then now he starts fighting the ref. So I was like, hey, I, like, I had a game plan in my head, you know? I, like, looking at this, I was like, okay, I'm going to square up. I'm going to grab him. I'm going to start throwing some rapid shots so that he doesn't have time to switch, and then he stays as a righty in the entire fight. You know? And that's that's what happened. But, like, I visualized this a lot, and I was – Piss after the fight because like I, I wanted to like I wanted like I wanted like give you a a bad beating you know and then it just happened where like we both like kind of fell like we we were like spinning and then we fell and then you made a sally after that fight 
And then people went up. I was like, I just won my fight. Are you kidding me? You're making a story? But like everyone was just like so happy that like you went you went at it with me, you know? Like you That's what I told you had the crowd. You had the crowd like that just because you went after me. And you did a decent job overall, you know, being a young a youngster in this league, taking on me who like is one of the heavyweights in this league. I feel like the fans loved it, you know, because there was a, never a guy on this team before you came that like would fight me and I know that like fans will be pissed. They would be like really pissed that like no one would like take on me and then you did. That's Dude, awesome. that I was telling Zach today. So the way it was was you were a heavyweight in the league. I was in my second year in the league, barely played my first year, and I was still trying to stick and also make a name for myself. So I wanted to go you because you yeah. were the top dog. And Ramuski and Quebec were rivals. My first game at home, I go the heavyweight on the rival team. So win or lose, I knew I was going to salute the crowd. Oh, that's already a win for you. That's that, already a that, win for you. That's, that's the loudest I've ever heard that arena. Uh, I, I, yeah, I remember. I went like this. The oh crowd God. nuts. Then I pick up the other hand, and the crowd goes more nuts. Like, Yo, I was losing my shit on the penalty box. I was like, what <laughs> is this kid doing? Turks, Turks, when, when, when I looked up the video – in the video, the picture is black, saluting the crowd. I'm like, yes. oh my God. I'm like, oh my God, maybe yeah. he like, like did pretty good. I gotta watch this. I'm watching it. I'm like, black, you got beat up. How come you got an arm up? You got an arm up. Oh man, I remember feeling that just the fastest punches. I just like the fight starts. And then I rapid fight. Boom, 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 And then switch oh, with the left. But you took those, though. You really took those like a I champ. Just, this guy's got four oh, arms. Say, He's I, got four, four you, you know I like to eat them. <laughs> I know you can for sure. Dirk, uh, let's <laughs> talk a little bit about this season. I mean, I loved having you as a teammate and team DJ, of course. Um, unfortunately, you weren't able to play this year, but just having you around, like you said, you're always sending me tilts giving me some feedback. I remember we, we talked a little bit about trying to start lefty one time. And then I did against uh, that Corbin kid um, just like helped me out a shit ton as a mentor, as like, you know, like you said, you were the top dog in the queue. When I went in, you're a top dog in, in pro the way I look at it. I'm, I'm so happy that you're in the North division, but uh, <laughs> yeah, do you got any DJ gigs coming up and can you get a little bit into when you found that passion of being a DJ, for those who don't know, DJ Turk is legit. Quick story before he answers a question about the gigs is when we played against Suarez this season, uh, three and three after the last game, it was their only trip to us. Only time we yeah. played them after the last game, Turks have a lot of friends on the team because they're all from where he's from. He invited them and our team, of course, to uh, his first DJ gig, which was yeah. at, at this first one. Uh, at this uh nice little spot like not like a club what was that place it was like oh a yeah trio trio's pretty pretty good club oh it's a club. <laughs> All right. oh hey. yeah buddy yeah. that's the club are you kidding it's, me it's the club it was my first and last time there but i went for turk and he was unbelievable put on after yeah. show for the boys and so yeah talk about like your passion first time first first time playing uh in the states because like obviously with hockey like you don't want to like I don't want to, like, bring that side of me. Like, I know, like, teams are not going to like that, you know. Teams look at it as a distraction, having another. Yeah, exactly, you know. But um, I've been 
I've been DJing for four years. I've been producing music for almost three years now. And like, obviously, like, I don't, I don't bring it up on social media because I'm, well, I bring it up in my stories like once in a while, but like, I don't like make posts about it or anything because I know that like teens are not going to like that, you know, like, you know how it is with hockey. Yeah. Like, it's not like every, like, it's a little bit like it's, uh, closer not closer but like you can't like express yourself the way like you want to express it like yeah other sports you know how it is and yeah um obviously in the summer i i, I play more regularly in the summer especially in montreal because i have i have two friends right now like they have a residency in like two big clubs in montreal so like sometimes they bring me with them for like openings so i'll, I'll do that with them i played at the um Subois in Montreal, which is a pretty wow, good club. Great. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's a great club. You know that club. I played, I played at uh, Clandestino. I played at New House. So like, those are like pretty legit clubs that like give me experience for sure, and I loved it. And I also, I also produce a lot of music that I keep for myself, or that sometimes I'll send them to my buddies that play more regularly, and like they play them, and like they'll send me videos of like my songs being played and like I actually love it but like it's not it's something that like I'm still doing on the side I'm keeping it for myself but I feel like the moment I'm gonna stop I'm the moment I'm gonna be done playing with hockey playing hockey or maybe like when I'll be in Europe at some point in my career if I happen to be in Europe I feel it's something I'm gonna definitely uh uh bring to another level you know but for now it's like it's just like staying on the side a little more Cause yeah. I want to focus on hockey. Do you think though, like that passion I find, I think from, from an, as an outsider looking at your life, I find it, it, it must've really helped you a lot through your pro career because for those who don't know, you've had a ton of injuries. You've had some tough luck with injuries throughout so. your career. And I find like you've like this year you played zero games. You were one of the best teammates I've ever had. And nice. just like positive guy always, you know, want always on the boys and stuff. And I find it's way harder to be that kind of guy when things are going really bad. And you know, there's nothing worse than being so injured that you can't play a full season. So you think that you think like being able to DJ and have like another yes. passion has helped you? 100%. I feel like my injuries allowed me to push even more with the music. I feel like I am, I am someone that's like, um have a like super like uh excessive personality where like I always like need to do like something like really hard you know like if it's if I'm not like 100% you know like if if I'm not like 100% to hockey then I need to be like 100% into something else you know I always need to like keep myself busy and like go hard in like what I'm trying to do and I was lucky enough to have music where like I was like giving myself goals every day with like the music stuff and I feel like that allowed me to like stay remain positive and like be in a good mindset every day because I had something else you know I feel like if I didn't have anything else other than hockey at that moment it would have been like super hard on me you know but obviously music music really helped me this year going through my injuries because that wasn't that wasn't easy yeah, first, first, yeah. you're healthy. Yeah, yeah. Turks, yeah. What's, the, what's the mindset going into this season now that you're coming back from this injury? You've had a lot of time to think about it, a lot of time to 
be with yourself and train and rehab. And I just kind of want to hear where you're at. Well, obviously, like, the goal is always to, like, move up and, like, play at the next level. But, like, mm-hmm. and I feel like if I remain healthy, it's something that, like, I can look forward to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, one of the reasons why I signed in Adirondack is because when you look at the AHL map in the ECHL map, well, Adirondack is very close to most AHL teams, you know. You're close to Springfield. You're close to uh, Utica. You're close to Bridgeport. You're close to a lot of AHL teams in that division, you know. And I feel like that's uh, that's a good thing for someone that is still trying to move up, you know. And, like, I had some really good co- talks with the coach. Like, he knew me before, and, like, he really wanted me to, like, sign with him. And I just thought it was a, it was a best fit for me in my career, you know, mm-hmm. and obviously, like, I wanted to come back in the South, you know, like, I wanted to, like, sound and sign in South Carolina and everything and all that, but, like, when I was asking myself, what is the best thing for my career, I knew what was the right answer, and that's why I signed in Adirondack, you know, and I feel like if I have one year, if I have one year that, like, I need to go all in, and, like, give myself, give hockey everything I have. I feel like it's this year. Mm-hmm. It's the most important year of my career. And I feel like I'm giving myself the better chances to be successful in Adirondack. So that's really my plan. I just want to go there, help the team to win, stay healthy. Obviously, I don't control that all the time. But if I, I feel like if I stay healthy and I do my job, then I can definitely move up. Yeah, man, that, that makes complete sense. Uh, yes. I'm cheering for you. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I've been talking to you for the last hour and I'm, you're, I already love you, you know? So, yo, Turks, real quick, I'm flying uh, to Montreal tomorrow. I'd love to see you. I'm actually, dude, I was drafted in the LNAH last year and I was looking for ice time and I got a Facebook message from the team that drafted me, the Laval Petroliers. No and way. They, they like, drafted hey. you? Huh? They drafted you? Yeah. And no I, way. Yeah. And then uh, second they were, rounder. They were like, they were like, hey, what? Uh, yeah, they were like, hey, if you want to skate with us, like if you're in Montreal these days, and I'm actually gonna be there with no skate. So I messaged a guy and I was like, Hey, can I come practice? But I'm gonna play in the ECHL. I'm I'm not gonna play here. I just need to skate. And he said, Yeah, sure. Dude, do you realize that's the only league in the world that we're gonna be two second round pick? You know, you're never going to see any other league in the world where they're going to draft Nico Blasher and Yari Turk on the second round. That's crazy. Have you thought about this for one second? Yeah. I like, have no idea what the LNAH is about. Like, they have to watch the toughest league in the world. Toughest league in the world for sure. Sounds like it. But, yo, yeah. I'd love to see you. Are you staying in Quebec City right now? Yeah, I- I'm in Quebec right now, but. Uh, I can meet I'll, you I'll halfway. See, I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Yeah, yeah. Nice. If you want to come to Montreal, that would be unreal. If not, I can meet that'd you halfway. Be, that'd be sick. Okay. We'll, Turks, we'll, definitely, we'll definitely talk about it after. Turks, we have a good buddy who just signed in Adirondack. His name's Corey Dennis. He'll be there with you this year. Corey it's, Dennis? Corey Dennis. He's a defenseman. It's his first year pro. Guy's a machine. You'll be able to tell right away he's fucking jacked. No way. He's a machine. Hey, he's an underdog, just like we like him. He's coming from D3. Uh, oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. He's and he's is an he, awesome is he guy. From, uh, is he from Florida? 
No, no, we're in Milwaukee right now. I'm actually at Zach's house. Oh, you, you guys are in Milwaukee right now? Yeah, Zach. Oh, no way. Uh, for the Admirals last year, so he has a place yeah. here. And nice. then, and then he signed with Toronto, so he's not. He's only here till October first. But we have ice like two times a day access, gym all access whenever we want, bro. Turk, you would love our. Oh trip. shit, that's good. We're waking up three thirty a.m. You know how it is. Come on. Oh my so, god! I, that's that's one other thing, man. I admire from you is that your your dedication when like you're all in. You're like, hey, I'm waking up at five. I mean, early in the summer, you're waking up five thirty. I didn't know it's three thirty now, but that was on like that was always like super impressive and like the way you were like explaining me how you were doing your day and like how committed that you were. I I admire that a lot. It's I next level. Like, it's next yes. level. It's next level. No, Turk, I remember. I remember when you were injured with your elbow towards the end. I'm pulling into the apartment. You're running. You're all oiled up, sweaty. He's on a ten mile run, a ten mile yeah. run, casually. And uh, yeah, I actually, I, I, I ran a half marathon in South Carolina for the first time. That's definitely something, uh, something great that I, I, I did wanted to do. Just Real, to, like push myself. <laughs> Before we we wrap this up, what kind of uh, off season training have you been doing right now? What have you been working on the most? I've done. Uh, I'm doing a lot of conditioning. I have a. You know what the uh, asshole bike are? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, do, I'm doing a lot of that and a lot of running. I feel like because I didn't play for like almost the past two years, I feel like I need to bring my conditioning at the same level as everybody else. You know. And I feel like that's the most, if your muscles are conditioned, if you're able to, you know, bring the same intensity as everybody else, well, I already have the strength, you know, I'm already like strong. So like, I don't need to focus on that. I just need to like be on the same conditioning as everybody else. You know, I feel like that's, that was the main focus this summer, just a lot of conditioning, a lot of running, a lot of sprints and uh, yeah, a lot of endurance training What uh... for the most part. What are you weighing in at right now? Uh, I lost a lot of weight, man. Like, I'm – you're. we're probably just as heavy. Like, I'm turning around, like, 190, 193 most of the time. Wow, nice. Yeah. a lot of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah. So, I'm a heavyweight now. Yeah, we're, buddy, we're both heavyweights now. Fucking <laughs> 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 right. I mean, you've you always been a heavyweight in my eyes. Even since the day – I was scared to send the tweets back in those days. I was like, right before I sent them, sweating up a storm. But but you did it. Yeah, that's what like that's what I admire. You did it, you know. Yeah. And then you live with the consequences after. <laughs> yeah. You did it. <laughs> hey, bro, bro. For all the times you pump my tires this pot, I just want to make it very public that I admire you and I look up to you because. Coming into the league as a young guy, you all, you being a vet when I fought you in the queue, you being a vet when I came into the coast, having you my rookie season there, like being a guy that has fought me and beat me up, able to help me out, like it was huge for me more than you know. So I appreciate you, and I appreciate you coming on the pod. You're a fucking beautiful. 100%, bro. And, you know, the reason I was helping you so much is because I knew that, like, you wanted to learn bad. And you were just a student of the fighting game, you know, like every day, like you try to like find ways to like improve and move up as a fighter. And like, you know, you always wanted to like go against the bigger guys. And like, that's what like I admire from you. And I feel like that's why I wanted 
to like help you so much and like I wanted you to like win fights every time, you know. Except so when I fight you. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. That's exactly what it is, but you know what? Like it's I love helping you and like I knew that like if I were in your shoes, you would do the same thing for me. Hell yeah. You know? Yeah. All right, brother. Thanks again, bro. I'm going to Hey it. guys, thanks thanks for having me on the boss pod. It's it's definitely a good time. Turks, pleasure, man. Uh, Best pleasure, Zach. Blessed luck this season. I'm cheering Thanks, for you. buddy. You too. Yeah, Turks, hey, pleasure meeting you. And, uh, wish pleasure you- meeting you too, buddy. All, All right, right, boys. <laughs>